Would you take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to 1 John chapter 3 this morning? 1 John chapter 3. Can you determine what a person loves by looking at how they invest their time and energy and efforts? What do you think? Can you determine that? Can you determine what a person loves by looking at how they invest their time, how they invest their energy and their efforts? Maybe you can. I heard of a man who has eaten, get this, 23,000 Big Macs. I might be right behind him in quarter pounders, I'm not sure. 23,000 Big Macs in 36 years. Naturally, you you go through an experience like that, what do you do? You write a book. He did. He wrote a book. He, He saved every receipt proving his love for Big Macs, documenting his journey through Big Macdom. You could look at his habits of eating an average of one and three quarter Big Macs every day for 36 years and say, this guy loves Big Macs. What we've been seeing in our study of 1 John, especially recently, is a biblical definition of love. In God's economy, in God's eyes, what does love look like? How does it behave? How does it show itself? Already, John has touched on the topic of love, showing us that followers of Jesus learn to love one another. In the passage we're going to look at this morning, he takes us deeper into that truth. As as followers of Christ, we're to be learning to love one another. And and John takes us deeper into that truth. And I want you to go in your copy of God's Word with me to 1 John chapter 3. We're going to begin in verse 11 this morning. And I'm going to read through verse 18. So follow along as I read. 1 John 3 verse 11. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. What followers of the Lord Jesus Christ must become acquainted with is not the world's definition of love. We don't really need any help with that. We are saturated with that in the culture we live in. 
What followers of Jesus Christ must become acquainted with is God's definition of love, and we ought to seek to live lives that are shaped by God's definition of love. If we're truly believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, that ought to drive us to, to learn and grow and read the Word and learn God's heart and, and how God loves and how God desires His people to love, His children to love. The Bible gives much attention to the definition of love because God's church is built on love. And the testimony of the church is built on love. God's people are to love God. The Bible tells us that we're to love God, heart and soul and mind and strength. And then, and then the, the passage, you, you likely know it well, goes on to say, and love, love others like you already love yourself. We are to love God with everything that we have. And, and through our love for God should be the overflow that, that flows to other people, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and then from there, out of the church, into the community, into people's lives who need Christ, out of the love that flows our, our testimony, that, that kind of love really gives a foundation for our testimony, the, the love that's based on God's love for us and our love for God, and then we love each other, and then our love for each other spills out into the lives of people who need Christ. That's where our testimony and witness for the watching world is, is founded. We've already touched on this topic of love early, in earlier studies here. Uh, just consider for a moment what we've learned so far. Now think about it. We've learned that believers are given by God, and we can rejoice in this as followers of Christ. If you're a follower of Christ, you've been given by God the capacity to love like God loves. Believers are given by God the, the capacity, the ability to live, to love like God loves, like the Lord Jesus Christ loves. We're given the Holy Spirit. We're given the Holy Spirit who gives us the ability to love. We've also learned that believers are commanded to love. It's not a suggestion. It's not a guideline. It's, it's a rule for the believer to keep. It's a rule to love, that, that we love like God loves. We ought to pursue the kind of love that God demonstrates toward us through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's also why John says in verse 11, for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning. This is the truth that's been proclaimed over and over and over again. Don't ever forget it. And so if you have believed in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, you've been given through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit and with the wisdom of the Word of God at work in you by the work of the Holy Spirit, you've been given the capacity to love. And you are being taught by God's Word to love. And you have been shown in the Bible the example of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. So today, as we dig deeper into the command to love one another, I want you to see how God defines love. I want us to think about this. How does God define love? What is clear when we look to the Bible for God's definition of love is that it is shown to us as sacrifice of self. If you forget everything else today, remember that God defines love as sacrifice of self. But I don't want you to forget everything you hear today. <laughs> We're not stopping there. Let's look at how this passage makes that clear, that God defines love as sacrifice of self. John starts with the opposite as an example. 
a negative example. It's an ultimate example of self-centeredness and lack of love. It's seen in the life of Cain from the pages of Genesis. Verse 12. Look at verse 12 again. We should not be. It's a negative example. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Cain's murder of his brother Abel, in case you didn't get this already, it's the opposite of love. Here's what love is not. It is not self-centered. This is true for a husband and a wife. It is not self-centered. True love for your wife, gentlemen. True love for your husband, ladies, is not self-centered. It's also true for parents and children. It's also true in the church. True love, the way God defines it, is not self-centered. We know this because John points to the reason Cain murdered his brother Abel. Was it because Abel had committed some grievous wrong against Cain? Had had Abel committed some atrocity against his brother? Was was the murder of Abel, maybe it was an act of self-defense? No, that's not what we see in the Scriptures, is it? It was was not some grievous wrong against Cain. It was not an act of self-defense. Cain murdered his brother. We see it here in the text. Because his own deeds... Cain's own deeds were evil, not his brother's deeds. Abel's deeds, in fact, God tells us in his word that Abel's deeds were righteous, which means that Cain acted out of jealousy toward his brother. Cain acted out of hate for his brother. Now, this should be no surprise to us. The Bible makes it clear that the sins of hate and murder are the results of following after the originator of sin and hate and murder. We see it here in verse 12. Cain was not following God, was he? He was of the evil one, it says. Like Jesus says in John chapter 8, the Gospel of John chapter 8 and verse 44, you are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning This is the evil one. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies, Jesus says of the devil. It's for this reason that we ought not be surprised when we learn that the world hates us as followers of Christ. You don't even have to try to be hated. If you're a follower of Christ and you devote yourself to believing and obeying God's word, the world will hate you. You've been warned by God's word. You've been shown that that's true by God's word. That's what John says here in verse 13. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. Now, we're not looking for the world to hate us, are we? We ought not seek out the world's hate, but in fact, we don't need to even try if we're believers in the Bible and if we're bold enough to say so. And if we're bold enough to say, I'm, I'm, I'm shaping my life by God's word because this is how God has spoken to me. This is how God has directed my life. I'm, I'm devoted to obeying God. 
But the world, the world is only doing what is natural for unbelievers when it hates Christians. That's why we ought not be surprised and it's why we ought not respond with hate. The world hates righteousness. The world hates righteousness for the same reason that Cain hated Abel. Cain could only see himself. Cain hated his brother because Abel's righteous deeds magnified his own sinful deeds. He could only see himself. Cain was acting out of selfishness. And John's point here is that not only is murder an act of hatred, you need to get this point, that that not only is murder an act of hatred and selfishness, and this is really important for us to understand, so is a refusal to love. Many of us, we come to a passage like this and we say, well, I'll never be like Cain. But that's, that's really not John's point, that we would go out and physically murder someone. His point is, is that you might neglect this, that you overlook willfully the command to love one another. John drives this point deeper into our lives with his statement beginning in the middle of verse 14. Look at it again. Right in the middle of verse 14, whoever does not love abides in death. And verse 15, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Whoever hates, says John, says God through the pen of John, whoever hates is living in death. Whoever hates is a murderer. According to God, the person who continually and unrepentantly refuses to love is just as much a sinner as the one who murders. And so we see what love is not by what John says it is not. Learning to love means learning not to be self-centered. That's really hard. Learning to love means learning not to be completely self-centered and focused on self. Love is the sacrifice of self. John makes that clear by pointing to the ultimate positive example. The ultimate example of sacrifice of self, Jesus Christ. Look again at verse 16. He's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ when in verse 16 he says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives For the brothers, the ultimate example of the sacrifice of self is witnessed in Jesus Christ. Jesus willingly gave his own life. He gave his own life for the people who are sinners. He gave his own life so that those who confess their sins and believe in him will be forgiven their sins and saved eternally. And Jesus demonstrates that true love is sacrifice of self. And we can hear Jesus say it like this in John's Gospel, chapter 10, verses 11 and verse 15. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
Verse 15, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. His example is the ultimate example of sacrifice of self. It's the laying down of one's own life for another. And even now some of us are thinking, I I may never have to do that. The sacrifice of self can include giving up your life, dying for someone else. It is the laying down of one's own life that is a powerful example in the example of the Lord Jesus Christ, but that's not all that Jesus did. He didn't just die. That's not all that this is. John's instruction here in 1 John 3 makes clear that true love is more than laying down your life in in giving up life and breath, in dying for someone. The sacrifice of self is not just dying for someone else. It certainly can be, but it's also this. Look at verse 17. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Pastor and author John R. Stott writes about this passage that he says, it seems to imply not so much the laying down as the laying aside of something. I think that's a good perspective for us. That's what John is teaching us. Real love is not just laying down your life or giving up your life for someone else, but it's also laying aside your life for someone else. As John writes here in 1 John, real love means not just dying for others, it means living for others. Real love means that you don't turn away from a brother or sister in Christ who is in need, but that you turn to them. You turn to them in their need by laying aside self. Laying aside jealousy. Laying aside me first. Note also that John shows us that real love is expressed more clearly in your actions than in your words. Look at verse 18. Little children. He's talking to believers here. Let us not love in word or talk but in deed and in truth. It's good to say that you love someone, but we all know it's better to show someone you love them. We've heard it said, we've said it ourselves, and we know it's true that actions speak louder than words. And that's just what John is saying. Your actions toward your brothers and sisters in Christ speak far louder than your words. And this is important because there is a wonderful benefit of seeing this love for our brothers and sisters in Christ grow in our own lives. We ought to be seeking to grow in our obedience and learn to be obedient in this so that we learn to love one another. And there's this wonderful benefit that's ours as we see the evidence of growing love for God's people in our own lives. It's the benefit of the assurance of our own salvation. 
Just as we noted in verse 17 a moment ago when John says that the absence of love for the brethren shows an absence of love for God in you, your love for the brethren, your love for brothers and sisters in Christ, growing love, obedient love, acts of obedient love toward one another as you learn to love your fellow believers in Christ assures you that you're His. It assures you of your salvation. Go back and look at the first half of verse 14. We know, that's assurance, we know that we have passed out of death into life. Why? Because, and this is the assurance of salvation that John wants us to see, this is part of his point in, in 1 John, is one of the themes is the assurance of believer's salvation. We know that we have passed out of death into life because the evidence is there. What's the evidence? We love the brothers. We love our fellow believers in Christ. This does not mean that they don't rub us the wrong way at times. This does not mean that we don't get on other people's nerves at times, but this means that we're striving to live together, serve together for the glory of God. That we're learning to love each other. We're learning to overlook those things that we later realize that was a minor offense. Why did I get so upset? Sometimes those are easier to see 10 years down the road, but we need to see them in the present tense, don't we? That's a minor thing. I should overlook that. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count on the fact that she didn't mean it that way or he didn't mean it the way I heard it. I don't need to be upset about this. I'm going to love her. I'm going to love him in spite of how I'm feeling at the moment because God commands me to love as a follower of Christ. That's assuring, isn't it? When that happens in your life and you see signs of this, that's assurance of your salvation because we love the brothers. The sacrifice of self, putting the needs of other people ahead of your own is evidence that the Father's love is at work in you. We ought to strive for that evidence. We ought to take steps of obedience that we learn from God's word as it convicts our hearts and we see in our, in our own lives and we ought to pray this way, God, help me to see how I need to grow in love for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Make it evident to me as we read God's word. The sacrifice of self, putting the needs of other people ahead of your own is evidence that the Father's love is at work in you. It is evidence and assurance of your salvation. Real love is following the example of the Lord Jesus Christ who laid down his life or laid aside his life. God in human flesh. Don't ever forget that. The Lord Jesus Christ could have come to earth and ruled like a king. And yet, he humbled himself for the sheep, for his sheep. Real love, real love is seen in Christ, is seen in his sacrifice, is seen in his obedience to the Father. Real love is the sacrifice of self. And so we see here in 1 John 3 today these two contrasts, and they couldn't be more different, could they? Cain and Christ. Cain's hate. What did it result in? It resulted in murder. But the love of Jesus Christ 
for sinners resulted in the sacrifice of self. This is not easy. It does not come easy. To practice real love toward your brothers and sisters in Christ is going to require something of you. It's going to require some humility. And this is something that God grows in the believer. You can't conjure this up. You can't make it happen. You need to submit yourself first to God. You need to submit yourself to his word and taking it in and and taking steps to obey it. And God will be faithful to grow you in humility. He may take you through some deep and dark waters to grow you in humility. We don't ask for that. We don't seek it out. But that is how God works at times. He takes us through difficulties so that he might build us up and grow us. And yet we find on the other side we're growing spiritually, but we're more humble than we were before. To practice real love toward your brothers and sisters in Christ is going to require some humility. And you have no greater example of humility than the cross of Christ. It is the supreme example that you have to follow as you see clearly the humility of Christ in the cross of Christ. There's a vivid example of the humility of Christ which you have to follow shown in Philippians 2. I want you to just listen to these verses, a familiar passage to many of us. Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8, God's word, and God speaks to us through his word in this today, saying, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped or hung on to and taken as a possession but emptied himself by taking the form of a a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so, believers... You need to know that the humility... And patience and love of Jesus in the face of terrible mistreatment, persecution, and suffering is the example that God is calling you to live by. And the fact that he rose from the dead conquering death and the fact that God's spirit now lives in his children gives us confidence that we too can learn. We can learn to love as Jesus loved. We can learn to love one another. We can learn to sacrifice self. And we can learn it for the glory of God. For the good of his church. For the good of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And for the good of our testimony in this community. And for our own joy as God intends it. We can learn following the example of Christ, following God's word, submitting ourselves to his word. We can learn to sacrifice self in the lives that God gives us to live for his glory. And may we be a church known for this.